All right, welcome today. This is Roman survey class number 10, which means we're in chapter 10. We'll read the whole chapter and make very minimal comments. And this is a familiarization. Our survey is a class intended to get us familiar with the scripture. And so without delay, we'll get in to the chapter. Romans chapter 10 and verse number one. Hopefully you found your place, got your notebook out and be making notes so you can come back and look over these things in the future. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, I would say that this passage of Scripture, this first verse here, is not just a lip service. It's not just a nod towards his kinsmen, but that this is a statement that's rooted in hope. And, of course, God gave Paul a great revelation. He's got many books in the new testament god gave him a great revelation a super large revelation and i would i would say without any reservation whatsoever that this doesn't uh this just isn't a a heart's desire or something that he's you know wishing for but that this comment is made with scriptural inspired hope that there is hope and that there is uh, a possibility for the salvation of Israel and that hope is further outlined in chapter number 11 but we won't cover that today as this is just a survey of this chapter but just want to point that out to you so that you'll know that this just isn't a, a heartfelt announcement that he has desires and prayers for Israel but that this that this hope this desire this prayer that he has for Israel is rooted in a real and substantial uh, restoration of God's fellowship with Israel and I say restoration of fellowship very deliberately and we'll cover that in some other classes but we want to use the correct terminology a restoration of God's fellowship Israel now is out of fellowship with their Lord and Savior and so let's look here in this chapter and read about this concept brethren my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge you can have zeal towards God and be wrong you can be very animated in your religion and be wrong you can be very active in your religion you can study scripture and study scripture and study the scripture and still be wrong these people have a great zeal uh, but not according to knowledge they're not right he's saying they have a zeal of god but not according to knowledge their zeal doesn't match the pages of the bible and so he says for this case he said they're ignorant for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. When you believe you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. When you believe you are uh, not only in, indwelt by the Spirit of God but God imputes to you the righteousness of Christ so that you're indwelt by his righteousness as well. A man dwelt, indwelt by the Holy Spirit is indwelt by the righteousness 
of Christ. And that is a seal, the Bible tells us. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that that is a seal. And so a man is sealed with the Holy Spirit of God and he's sealed in essence with the righteousness of Christ. So the law is, the, he says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead? But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. In thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. And so this uh, semicolon here is going to tell you what we preach. He says the word of faith which we preach. And here it is what we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. This is, this is not the shame that you might have of your cousin. You know, he hadn't had a bath in three weeks. You're ashamed to be around him. This is not the same shame. This is the shame in which you might loan somebody $100 and they never pay you back. You're ashamed that you did that. Or somebody told you if you walked across this bridge, it was strong enough to hold you. But next thing you know, you're standing chest deep in water and everybody's laughing at you. You trusted that that bridge was going to hold you, but it was not sufficient to hold you. And so now you're ashamed that you put your faith or your trust in that. And this passage of Scripture is saying, if you trust in God, He is able to save you. And that nobody that's ever put their faith and trust in God has had reason to be ashamed. And that's why Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He's not speaking of the shame, as I mentioned a minute ago, shamed of your third cousin because he never takes a bath. That's not the shame that it's talking about. I'm I'm not ashamed of the gospel he says for it is the power of God unto salvation it works it's going to work every single time some will reject it I'm not I'm not speaking in that way in that way but the gospel has its effect on the hearts of men every single time for those who believe uh, it is the power of God unto salvation for those who reject it it'll be the power of God to judge them for rejecting their only solution and so that's that's very important here in this passage of scripture when I was a little child I was told that if you believed on Christ then you would never ever 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 be ashamed of telling somebody about Jesus and you shouldn't be but that's not what this passage is saying for the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Why? But For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. The Lord is rich in mercy. He's rich in grace. And he will save everyone that calls upon him. You hear the gospel. You believe. You see your need for the Savior and you call upon Him as your Savior, He will save you and you'll never have an opportunity to say, boy, I wish I wouldn't have called on Him to save me. Or I called on Him to save me and it didn't work. Well, that's just not going to happen because God is rich unto all them that call upon Him. And so He says, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all, Jews and Greeks, is rich unto all that call upon Him. 
For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a great promise and what a great summary of verse 9, 10, 11, and 12. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I'll simply say to that passage, verse 14 and 15, that God uses means to draw men. Christ said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. He, that The Bible says he spoke that in reference to his death. So that when he was lifted up on the cross and died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day, then he would now use means to draw men to Christ. He used the Holy Spirit. He uses a preacher. He uses the scripture. And so when a person says, you can't come to God unless you're drawn, that's absolutely true. But again, we're talking about a holy and a righteous God who is just, in other words, he does things according to justice, and he does things according to uh, merit, he does things according to wisdom, and that he said, if I'm lifted up, if I die on the cross, I'll draw all men to me. And the drawing is not some dark mystery, it's not some dark mysterious thing to where we have to figure out, do I think I'm drawn, do I think I'm called, do I think I'm predestinated? No, it's not that at all. But it is the fact that he did die on the cross and now he will use a specific means to draw men to Christ. John chapter 16, the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 10, a preacher. Uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, the scripture. So there's so many things that the Lord uses. Uh, I shouldn't say so many things because it's it's actually a very elite group of things that God uses to draw men to Christ. A testimony, a witness, a gospel sermon, the scripture, the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a very unique set of tools that God used to draw himself to, to him, but they are there and they are substantive. And it's just like if you're going to get water out of a, out of a man-made well, a hand-dug well, you're going to need the water to be in the well and you're going to need a rope and you're going to need some type of a pulley system and you're going to draw water out of a well that's what they asked jesus they told jesus how are you going to give me water you don't have anything to draw with well the great news of the scripture is that god has plenty to draw with and he uses his presence he uses his spirit he uses his word he uses a preacher he uses the scripture he uses a testimony All these things God uses to draw men to himself. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. That's the key. They've not all obeyed. That's why some people aren't saved. Because they haven't believed. They haven't obeyed the gospel. For Esaias saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You hear first. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. You hear first, and then you believe, and then you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily. 
Their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation will I anger you. I will anger you. But Esaias is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. All right, that's it for chapter number 10. We'll pick up next time in Romans chapter number 11. Coming down the stretch now.